Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, and we're taking a look at, you know, never too late to fit in one more article from <laughs> the February issue of The Lutheran Witness, uh, because we caught it right before the end of the month. But I really wanted to dig into this topic. Um, being an educator, I thought this was an interesting topic. Also, being a parent, I thought this was an interesting topic um, from The Lutheran Witness. The article, A Pedagogy, or Pedagogy, depending on how you pronounce it, I suppose it depends on where you're from. A pedagogy led by the word, uh, written by Joe Wilman over at Concordia Publishing House. Uh, really excited to dig into this. Joe Wilman, senior instructional designer, Concordia Publishing House, the guy behind Faith Courses as well. Joe, thanks yeah. for joining us today on the Coffee Hour. Great to be with you guys again. So, before we get too far into this in in our discussion on how you pronounce it, what is pedagogy or pedagogy? Well, if you opened up your dictionary, uh, you would find a definition that would say something like the method and practice of teaching, especially as an academic subject or a theoretical concept. Um, But really deep down at the root, it's the way in which you instruct your learners. And it's not necessarily a pedagogy. A pedagogy is basically a bunch of theories and strategies that you have constructed as an educator uh, that you utilize when you teach. Can you give us an example of a modern pedagogy that is in schools today? Oh, sure. So uh, one thing that you may have heard of uh, is something like project-based learning. So this would be a whole construct in which you lead your unit with your students off with a question or a problem uh, for them to solve. So it comes in the form of a question and then they have to come up with some solution. And as you design that unit as an educator, uh, your students have to go out and gain knowledge uh, to be able to solve that problem. Uh, And so as a teacher, what you might do is you would use tools like direct instruction, Socratic seminars, uh, student guided learning uh, throughout all of that, that you would utilize in the process of the students answering that problem, solving that problem, and then presenting their solution to the group. So it's not just dividing things into you are only a teacher who uses direct instruction that just tells everybody a bunch of information, or you're only a teacher who uses the Socratic method of only asking questions of your students. Uh, it, it's a it's a grouping of all of those. So what's your favorite approach for <laughs> different subjects? Well, I, I, it sounds like for each subject, um, as a teacher, there might be a different approach that you prefer. Well, and not even just each subject. Inside of the subject, what are you trying to, to get somebody to do? So are we learning uh, simple facts right now? So, so if you use history as an example, if we were teaching facts, you might use a, a direct instruction mode. Whereas if you were getting your students to critically think about the things that they just learned, taking all of those facts, taking all of the things that they learned about a situation, and then starting to critically understand what happened and to apply their own thoughts to that uh, and to think through the implications, uh, then you would use a different method uh, of instruction for that. You would use questioning at that point in time. You you would start to draw things out of your students from that perspective. Um, So, but for me, my favorite, I, I really do enjoy teaching, just getting up and talking in front of people. Um, it's not always the most effective thing, depending upon what you're doing. Um, But if I have the opportunity to do that, I really love doing that. But it's important uh, as an educator that you're always mindful of asking questions, then uh, seeing what your learners recall uh, from what you just said, or seeing what they already know about that. So then what is uh, pedagogy led by the word, you know, teaching the word? How is that different from teaching anything else? 
well, we have to ask the question, what does the word do and what is this word? Um, in the beginning of John, we, we hear that the word is Christ um, and that this thing at the end of John, that these things are written, this word is written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. This word gives faith. There's no other words that I have that give something. I can speak, um, teach somebody about facts. I can teach somebody, if I was teaching uh, physical education, I was teaching a unit on golf. I could teach a student about the proper angle in which to hold their hands and, and to do that. But that doesn't impart faith on somebody. That doesn't impart that. It just gives them knowledge. Whereas when we instruct in the word, we are uh, through the Holy Spirit giving Christ to people, uh, letting him use us to deliver faith. Uh, to those who are around us that he creates inside of them. So it's a completely different mindset when you think about what you are doing. Uh, God's word does things. Uh, we, we can think of uh, when he goes out on the boat and the, the storms are swelling and the, and the water's crashing and his disciples come to him all panicked. And God, it says he rebukes the wind and the sea. Literally, he speaks to it and it calms down and it stops. His word does things. My words don't do things, but Christ's <laughs> words do things. How does that difference affect uh, how we teach the word or speak to each other um, about the word of God or with the word of God? Well, it informs what we expect on the back inside of that. You know, um, a, a lot of teaching goes out and wants to see a result and then move on to the next thing. There's always a higher mountain to climb um, in, in a math perspective. First, you learn your numbers, then you learn how to add, then you learn how to subtract, then you learn how to multiply, then divide, then you start learning about equations and you start bringing uh, numbers and or you start bringing letters into uh, the, the into the problems that you're dealing with. But when you're dealing with faith, when you're dealing with God's word, this faith comes back with good fruit because it produces faith uh, inside of the individual. And Luther put it this way, that the word is so effective that whenever it is seriously contemplated, heard, and used, it is bound never to be without fruit. And and, and that's such a, a great thing to think about, that when we teach this, that this is giving Jesus to somebody. And, and when you give Jesus to somebody, you're giving them what Jesus wants. You're giving them the word that produces faith inside of them. The, the prophet Isaiah uh, in chapter 55 says that so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which i propose that for which that i purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which i sent it that's such a, a comforting thing to me uh, to think about that when we proclaim this word when we teach this word to people uh, it allows god to do what he wants with the person when you were talking about you know God's word being performative, doing what it says. When when He speaks, something happens, and and when you speak, you know, it doesn't necessarily happen. And I I can say the same in in our household as a parent too. You know, when I speak, that doesn't necessarily mean that it always happens. But I think the best response I get most of the time is from that um, smart speaker when I call out that name and say, "Turn on the lights," and that works. Uh, but uh, all joking aside, going back to the promises that that we were just talking about, and and God being faithful to his promises and uh, doing what he says in his word. How does this give you comfort as a parent when it comes to your vocation as a parent and your responsibilities as a parent? Well, in, in Deuteronomy, we, we hear that we should teach uh, the law diligently to our children, uh, that we should teach God's word diligently to our children. And that is an enormous weight 
an enormous task. Uh, that That's quite honestly terrifying uh, to any parent as you sit down and you think about the enormity of the eternal consequences of this. And, and to some people, that is heavy law. Um, that is utterly terrifying. But the joy of knowing that God's word does what it says it will do, the, the comfort that you find there is that this isn't on you. This isn't on your perfection of completely getting your child to understand every single thing that you're trying to teach them about God's word. No, this is about Christ and what he does through his word, not what you do, what Christ does through his word. And what he does through his word is he delivers life and salvation through his death and resurrection that he brings to your children, that you have taught him his word and allowed it to do its work inside of them. So that's the comfort that you receive from all of this, that when your conscience is bound, that you think I've been a failure at this, you reflect and remember that this is not your work. This is Christ's work inside of them. And kids absorb a lot more than I think we, uh, we expect or, or give them credit for sometimes, um, like teaching Sunday school, you ask a question and, and these kids come up with these brilliant answers and we're like, oh, you, you are paying attention. You are absorbing this, <laughs> which is, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy. My, my three-year-old, we were uh, walking through church and we have a crucifix right by one of the doors when we walk out and he looked up and he said, daddy, that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, that is Jesus. He's like, and he's nailed to the cross. And I said, Carter, why is he nailed to the cross? Because he died for us. Mm -hmm. And I was just so, it, it was just so cool. You know, mm -hmm. God's word does what it says it will do. Yeah. Are there ways we can encourage uh, those who, uh, whose vocation is to teach and preach uh, to us and with us in our congregations, like our Sunday school teachers, our theology educators, our pastors? The encouragement is just go trusting in what God has given all of us to do. Um, that vocation to teach is for all of us. Um, I, I always say um, that everything we do teaches, it confesses something. Um, so as we go about confessing Christ to the world, we are teaching, we are proclaiming Christ to the world. Uh, and be encouraged that this is a good work for you to do, that Christ has set this out for you to do, to proclaim him, and that he will not let it return without fruit. Mm. Joe Wilman, Senior Instructional Designer, Concordia Publishing House, also author of A Pedagogy Led by the Word, or if you're on the other side of the pond, A Pedagogy Led by the Word. Uh, thank you so much, Joe, for being our guest on The Coffee Hour today. Great to be with you guys. God bless. Thank you. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.